This is a HeadGum Podcast. The discussions on Robot Congress are for entertainment purposes and to help correct random people on the internet. Any law discussed is general commentary only and not to be taken as legal advice. Specific facts will always alter the case. Have a problem? Hit the gym and lawyer up. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison, joined this week once again by Allison Rothman and Austin Hoffman in that order. Hello, it's me. <laughs> Hello. It's a pleasure to be here and it's a pleasure to be third. <laughs> uh, so one of the most requested episode topics we get for a long time, and, and not even just Robot Congress, just throughout my AMAs and on my Twitter, I constantly get people saying, hey, I have a ROM of this game or I want a ROM of this game or where can I get a ROM of this game? I know it's legal. Do they uh, ask you where to get ROMs? Yeah, people ask me weird stuff all the time. But the, the reality is <laughs> uh, there is a huge misconception. I, I would say when I started this law firm, the biggest misconception on the internet was if it's free, it's fair use. And now I think one of the biggest or the most commonly misinterpreted laws I, I see is still involving fair use, but it's about ROM. So one of the, the most common misconceptions right now is that if you own a game, you're allowed to download the ROM of it. And now, while that base argument in and of itself is is not a great one, but we'll get into it, that is a stemming point to most of the internet now believing ROMs are just legal. Uh, Austin, what is a ROM? What is an emulator? Take us through. You've used them in the past for sure, right? To very limited degrees. Uh, Trick yes. you. You're going to jail. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, no, wait. <laughs> no, but really, take take us through what those two things are and why they're so popular. So basically, an emulator, that's the console, uh, it, except it's a digital console. So kind of like you can have a, a virtual computer set up on your computer. Uh, you can have a an emulator. And the ROM, that's literally the game. Oh, you can do this on your phone, actually. You can have an emulator of a Game Boy on your phone, and you can play Game Boy games. Those are the ROMs. I want to play a Game Boy guy. Sonic the Hedgehog on Game Boy was the greatest game on the face of the earth. I, I want Austin to ever Sonic describe Adventure something on GameCube. Wait, no, Sonic precisely. The Cast. Yes, Austin's uh, two thousand word thesis can be summed up as a, as a emulator is basically a console on your computer or, or phone, and the ROMs are those games you would pay, play on those consoles. The reality, the, the like I said, the major argument right now about why these are okay to a lot of kind of ROM connoisseurs is that. I owned Aladdin on my Super Nintendo, so now I'm allowed to put a Super Nintendo emulator on my computer and play, download an Aladdin ROM and play it since I own that hard copy of Aladdin. That makes sense. No, that makes that makes total (laughs) sense. I paid my I paid my dues, so now I can do whatever I want with it. And Austin's Austin's, you know, obviously legally incorrect, but I think that is the feeling of most people. I paid for this game; it's not available on the computer. I want to play it wherever I want to play it, and as such. I'm allowed to do this, and I'm it is fair use. Literally my heart right now. <laughs> um, so explain why, in your in your gut reaction, that is not okay, Allie. Oh my god! I mean, first off, that is very clearly creating a copy of a game that's not technically yours. Creating a, a legal copy of something, I think we all know at this point, is copyright infringement. Right. It doesn't. It's not even just substantially similar like we discussed in the past. I mean, an, an exact copy is as substantially similar as they come. And that's what this is. Uh, their argument is, well, there's no loss of sale to the marketplace because I'm they, they don't even sell Aladdin on the computer. So I'm, I'm just I'm not sharing it. I'm not doing anything else. And I'm, I'm going to play it there. And that's if, right. I just made it work on my computer instead of on the console that broke. 
Right. And if ever there was an argument that this is okay and this is fair use, that's the argument. But I do not think that's a winning one unless someone who sued over Iran one day uh, hires me to fight them in court. Then please disregard this <laughs> podcast. And it's absolutely the definition of fair use. Uh, I mean, you you guys, I think, know I'm, when I say you guys, I'm talking about the listeners. You don't own a game when you buy it on console. You you get a license to use it. We, um, we, we've you don't touched own on that before. But yeah, I don't and, and know that's if we have gone well, over, and it. that's also more ambiguous back in the day of NES and Super Nintendo, where you would buy a cartridge. Doctrine of first sale, we've discussed on this podcast before. But basically, once you buy it, you're allowed to do what you want with it. That doesn't include though just creating a copy elsewhere. It, it's just not what there's for. It's not about a loss of sale in the marketplace. It's about, and that is certainly a factor that would be looked at. But you have to look at the overall picture. The, the other popular argument is, well, this game's not even available anymore. You can't go find this game. I really want to play it, and that's why I'm allowed to download it, because it's it's abandonware. And that's also not accurate, because it's still under copyright protection. There is not a video game on the planet not under copyright protection, because it's life of the author plus 70 years, in most cases and jurisdictions. Oh, come on. I'm sure we can think of some video games that would fall Video games that. didn't exist that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just feels that way. But in all seriousness, you know, the, the reality is, look at Disney. So when you look at Disney, Disney purposely removes some of their, their biggest movies from the marketplace and puts them in the Disney vault, as they it's always brag about. It's an intentional choice on the part of the brand. Exactly. They are literally creating a market demand by saying, you want Bambi? You can't have Bambi. You can't handle <laughs> Bambi. But we'll put Bambi out when you, when everybody else wants it, too. And maybe that's what Nintendo's doing with Dino Riki, which I will never stop using as my Nintendo reference, even though no one knows what that game is, but I loved it. Uh, is that, that Banjo-Kazooie? Sounds like Banjo-Kazooie. It's not. I don't even understand that comparison in your brain but it's fine <laughs> i i so rarely do but the 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 arguments there those are the arguments and we're going to go through nintendo who is the harshest which is unfair but nintendo is one of the harshest for sure uh protectors of their intellectual property in the video game space they have an entire legal web page dedicated to roms and emulation and we're going to run through that but i wanted to start with the arguments of it is fair use because i'm using it somewhere that is not first they don't make it for anyway and I already own a copy of it. Again, as Ali said, owning a copy to something doesn't mean you can you get a, a ownership of the copyright to all that stuff. You can do whatever you want with that cartridge. It's doctrine of first sale. So you can take that cartridge and resell it. You can turn Destroy it into it. a flower plot. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want. But you, you bought that, that cartridge. Exactly. But you cannot take the code off that or copy that and put it somewhere else. That is not what doctrine of first sale allows. And uh, just to throw this out quickly again... If you buy a game on Steam, you haven't bought the game. You bought a license to play the game. If you bought a disc to put into your PS4, you didn't buy the game. Even though you have that physical disc, you basically have a license to play it as soon as you pop it into your console. That's newer, but accurate. That That's entirely right. Kudos to you for listening to previous episodes. Because <laughs> uh, I know you don't while we're recording. No, but the, the reality is, yeah. I mean, if you buy a PlayStation 4 game right now, you'll notice that you put it in and you're not playing. You're downloading a game. And basically, that car- that disc you bought is just unlocking the license to the internet, and uh, that's how they control things. They're able to ban you from multiplayer, et cetera, et cetera. You don't own a right to that game. You're you have a license to play it, and they can revoke that license whenever they want for any reason. So we're screwed. We're just at the mercy of basically. We just have to make sure that we don't get on the wrong side of Steam or PlayStation or anybody else. It's that's- not yours. <laughs> it's, it's not, not it's nacho it's nacho game yeah so austin pull up this rom and emulation page from nintendo and let's run through it i'll let you yes. do nintendo's voice and ali and i will further explain the law they're referencing and if 
they're being overzealous or we agree with it. What do you want me to start? That's Nintendo's voice. <laughs> it's a me. So, oh, <laughs> that was so bad. I didn't know it was Mario at first. <laughs> Good. No, I'm proud of you. That's that's better than I would have even pretended to guess. They have a little prologue basically saying, thank you for your interest in Nintendo and et cetera, et cetera. You here, cannot here, use ROMs. Yeah, here's why ROMs and emulations are not okay. But then they actually have a pretty good breakdown of the different areas of law, quick summary on what everything is and why this isn't okay. So start with intellectual property rights, Austin. Intellectual property rights. All right, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in the voice of Sonic. I'm waiting. With Sonic's voice? Gotta go fast. I'm, I'm waiting. Rings. <laughs> I haven't watched the cartoon in forever. All right, then just read it in, in uh, Austin's All voice. All right, intellectual property rights. Nintendo owns intellectual property rights in its products. These include copyrights, trademarks, and patents. And we're not going to read their description of what a copyright, trademark, and patent are, but they do give a breakdown through it. This is actually a pretty beneficial page, and I would recommend people who are interested read it. It's yeah. nintendo.com slash corp slash legal dot JSP. It's, uh, uh, it's user-friendly. Yeah, go Nintendo. Yeah, so it, it gives a very quick co- breakdown of what copyright is, labels, hardware chip, executable code, game visual display, game music, game characters, et cetera, et cetera. It even tells you the difference between counterfeits. Yeah, well, well, let's start there. So, it, And then it gives a, a quick breakdown of trademarks, which is the word Nintendo, the word Game Boy, the word Super NES. And that's going to become super relevant on these emulators. If you get a Super Nintendo emulator, that's trademark infringement. If it boots up and you see the Nintendo logo, that's trademark infringement. Baby. Uh, I've seen a lot of people have those arguments we already discussed with ROMs, but even more people say, well, emulators are categorically legal because they're not using any code. Not true. Definitely trademark infringement and potentially counterfeit. So, Austin, read the counterfeit description as per Nintendo. A counterfeit Nintendo product is an illegal copy of an authentic Nintendo product. Hmm. These counterfeit products often originate from Taiwan, Hong Kong, or China. The production... Where did they throw that out there? Yes, the, the production, distribution, or sale of counterfeit Nintendo products is illegal. Oh, okay, so they're just telling us that. All right. Nintendo <laughs> has brought thousands of legal actions worldwide to stop counterfeiters. And In that's addition, why Nintendo has the reputation of being litigious. They're more public about this stuff. When they sue someone for infringement or copyright infr- or, or, or a fan game or go after a Project M or whatever it might be, not that they ever did, uh, you know, when that stuff happens, it becomes very public. And I think that they have that reputation as the scary guys by their own choice and on purpose. They're trying but, to set an example. Yeah. And then everyone says, oh, look at Sega be the, the good guy, savior of the world. But they do just as much brand enforcement and protection. They just are quieter about it. They do it on the DL. Thousands of criminal actions have been brought against those found to be disturbing, reproducing or selling unauthorized illegal copies of a Nintendo video game product. <laughs> Distributing, not disturbing. Um, Distri- Ali, so this is their really quick breakdown. You've, we've already done an anti-counterfeiting episode, but explain the difference between when they say they've brought a lawsuit against a person and criminal charges against someone. What do those two pathways look like and how often is it both? Well, so just to just to start off, bringing a lawsuit and bringing criminal charges are two very different things. Um, there's a difference in the law between uh, civil charges and criminal charges. So Ryan and I, for example, can bring civil charges. We can go file a lawsuit, but we're not criminal attorneys. Actually, the government is the only one that can bring criminal charges against somebody. 
So that's the that's the big difference there. So when when Nintendo is trying to put somebody in jail or bring criminal charges, it involves, you know, bringing in the FBI and bringing in U.S. Customs and getting those government agencies involved. And whatever witnesses and yeah, and, and obviously whatever the older. equivalent is outside of America as well. But they, right. you know, Nintendo's not an American company, but they have an American branch that we've dealt with numerous times that that does this stuff. They're they're serious. I Nintendo mean, is definitely global, and they enforce globally. Yeah, and they will press charges. Uh, you know, the the government actually brings and enforces those charges, but Nintendo will press charges against people. They've proven that in the past. And I don't think they're exaggerating when they say thousands of criminal actions have been they're brought against uh, distributors or disturbers, as Austin said. <laughs> Just, well, it's I'm going to start calling them disturbers. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now, now Nintendo gets into the description of what a mod chip is, which is an interesting thing we haven't even talked about yet. Game but Shark. Is that Game uh, Shark? Uh, no, it's it. No, uh, those are out external devices that would certainly mod a system. But mod chips in and of themselves were very popular when I was younger, where you would find the, the kid who was a dirtbag enough to do this, but not dirtbag enough to be a drug dealer. They would mod your Xbox for like 50 bucks and you would have every game on it and every movie on it. Uh, oh, it's so like a, it's like a what is it? A fire stick. The, well, instead uh, of you keep guessing, just read their description of mod chips. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I could guess for a while. Yep. Mod chips circumvent the security embedded into Nintendo's products. To install the mod chips into a Nintendo hardware system, it is necessary to dismantle the product and, in some instances, remove components. Use of mod chips voids the consumer warranty. Mod chips have also been adjudicated to be illegal in various countries around the world, including the United States, the United Kingdom, and Hong Kong. There's actually a lot of contrary opinions in in United States case law that we will save for another episode about abandonware and about uh, jailbreaking your iPhone, for example, which is technically not a mod chip. You're changing the software to it. Uh, But there's super interesting case law that would dispute this in America that that we would get into. But it. Again, mod chips are not the focus of this episode, and I still would say mod chips are absolutely illegal. But there is there is interesting case law that is appearing, and more legislative discussions are surrounding things like jailbreaking your phone. And if you are allowed to, do you own that phone to the degree where you're allowed to do whatever you want with it? Uh, but again, we're not there with these consoles for sure, so, so continue along. Countries around the globe are also adopting similar laws aimed at illegal circumvention of security measures. People caught selling or installing them may be subject to criminal prosecution and may also be liable for civil damages resulting from such activities. What kind of civil damages are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing we've discussed above. There's there's a lot of different uh, statutes and damages that are going to exist depending on what region they bring these charges against the person. But it's illegal almost everywhere or at least able to be sued almost everywhere. And they're talking about a lot of money and being sued is not cheap, even if you're right. Fair use, as we've said many a times, is the main argument these guys are making in the ROM community. And I know there's a lot of you listening because you ask about this all the time. And I know you wanted this episode to go in another direction. And I, you know, I'm expecting the one stars and the unsubscribed. You can't always get watched. (laughs) It's our job to tell you the reality of the case law and where we're at. And listen, I mean, as technology progresses and these games do truly get lost to the sands of time i think there will be more lobbying for game preservation and maybe the ability to see this stuff online like Uh, prince of persia yeah or nintendo just one day releases every game they've ever done for 
fifteen dollars or Nest Classic or but I think this Nest next Classic. Yeah, which I just bought. I'm excited to play it. But I think this next subject is why that will probably not happen and why our clients come to us so often and say, hey, this game's completely abandoned. It doesn't exist anymore. Can I buy the rights to it? And the answer is, unfortunately, you could probably, but no one can figure out who owns the rights to it. Yeah, it's the same issue you have with, for example, music catalogs and a lot of these publishing companies. They own massive, huge catalogs from a lot of artists who are, you know, have been dead for forever. And people think that they can have their music for free. And that's not how it works. And and what the, the best example you'll see in video games is a small indie studio will have three games. Let's say one of those games was super successful. A mid-tier studio says, hey that that we want that game let's just buy out that whole studio so that little studio gets absorbed into the mid-level studio but that mid-level studio only wanted one of the three games so they do all the proper contracts they do all the proper trademarks and copyrights for that one game and those other two games just kind of get forgotten although they're absolutely still part of the sale and they're absolutely owned by that mid-level studio then that studio goes out of business or it gets split up or something happens where now the IP is part of many different catalogs. It gets THQ'd. For real, though, I mean, how many times has that happened? And then two, those two games were never properly tracked, licensed, or taken care of. And as a result, we now we have no idea who owns them. But that doesn't mean 30 people or 30... It doesn't 30, mean you do. Yeah, it, yeah. It, and it, it doesn't mean that's, that maybe all three potential owners think they own the rights and they're going to sue you to figure out if they do. You don't want to be part of that. And we see it happen commonly. It's it's heartbreaking to tell a client that, but it's reality. And that's where we're at, which, you know, it make your own games and, and make some beautiful stuff So and take care of it properly. If the, those studios had very simple couple hundred dollar contracts at the beginning, all of this would have been better. But anyway, continue on to their description of publishers, licensees, licensed property owners. Nintendo licenses a number of independent third party publishers to use its patented technology, copyrights and trademarks in developing, creating and marketing their own video games. Additionally, there are a number of intellectual property rights associated with these games that are owned by these publishers. In addition, many independent property owners from such sources as movies, television, sports leagues, etc., license their intellectual properties for use in video games. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a lot of the reasons why these games kind of fall into the deep, dark hole and never come back is, you know, a lot of these movie film publishers and what do you call them? The people who make movies? What are the studios? <laughs> Film studios. studios? I can't think of the yeah, word. Yeah, producers or Pro- studios. Sure. My, I just had a brain fart. Um, Normally we cut that, but leave that in, Austin. yeah so no these uh these film studios or really anybody who's licensed the game a lot of times those licenses are for a finite period of time they don't just get to use it for forever um they're also only for certain reasons so you can only use them for that one movie for example so that's why when they're done with that movie and that movie is no longer out that's it the game's done yeah i mean think about i don't know why this popped into my head as the example but it's one of the best games from a movie ever made Chronicles of Riddick, that's Vin Diesel playing a character in a movie, and that movie got adapted into a game. There's also 100 other actors whose likenesses were uses, used in that, that game. Normally, a movie has full rights to all those actors and allowed to assign and move them all around, but not always. So what if they only had the rights to Vin Diesel for five years and then for, for ancillary products? That means they can't port Chronicles of Riddick video game. They can't make a sequel. They can't do anything else. And it means they probably have to stop selling the game after five years. Oh, uh, that's like- that goes down to like 
the permissions they have even for specific platforms. So you're talking about porting. I mean, a lot of times these licenses are, I mean, especially when you're talking about a while back, they were originally only for consoles. So now if you want to use it on iOS or Steam or Android, whatever it is, a lot of times you're not allowed to. And I know Ali, it always sounds so quiet and calm and passive on here and like the the voice of reason. But I just heard her screaming at another attorney yesterday over a licensing <laughs> deal about whether or not uh, n- newer versions of Microsoft consoles would would count in a license that said Xbox. And it's, you know, it really gets down to the nitty gritty about what is included in this. How, how far down the road are you allowed to take these products? But again, no matter the answer there, the result is not you get to. Do I have you to be angrier? You know what? Angrier? That's really interesting. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be angrier. I'm so uh, mad right now. <laughs> that's probably why we've never seen a remake of the worst video game ever, uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial for uh, Atari. Yeah, because, that is yeah. that is the worst game ever made. That is Ali's favorite ride at Universal. Uh, <laughs> and, and it is... Only because at the end when he says goodbye, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always wrote a fake name and on it. And it smells. The smell in that you is can't amazing. Recre- you cannot recreate that smell. What's the smell? What? Oh, it's just... Mold. <laughs> Dirty oh, water. Oh, so it's not a good smile. I have no. No, no, no it's, oh, it it's, it's, it's it smells like nostalgia, but it's yeah, it's unique. Uh, but but yeah. So the uh, the best example, which is not a direct analogy to what I just said, but something that just happened that everyone can can look to is Alan Wake having to be taken off Steam. Oh yeah, because they didn't have long enough music rights, so they either need to redo the music to the game, which was a huge component of the game, uh, or just take it down. And I believe they took it down for good but who knows they definitely lost the rights to the music down uh, down the goblin town <laughs> yep and that's what that's what you'll see with these things and there's an infinite number of reasons that either sloppy legal work bad legal work or no legal work can result in these games being taken away do you think we need these music rights for a long time no it's all right we're gonna put out an expansion for this game and then uh, a few years later you know i guess we're just not, not gonna sell it anymore austin you should start making game music and just sing. <laughs> just <laughs> sing over over uh, game free beats. Which yeah. we're, we'll do an episode on what beats are actually elevator royalty free. right now, waiting to open the doors. And what's I got a lot of devs there. that might want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, oh, no, conti- it's a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on, what are the what are Nintendo ROMs as ah. defined by Nintendo? Getting into the nitty gritty of what a ROM is, a Nintendo ROM, read-only memory, is the type of That's chip always, used. That always reminds me, every time someone says what ROM stands for, it always reminds me of that, that bit on the IT crowd where the, the girl's taking the two the two nerds out to her dinner with her friends. And she's <laughs> like, you guys better not talk about stuff like RAM or memory. And they start cracking up. It's like, RAM is it's memory. memory. <laughs> uh, um, fantastic show. Read-only memory is the type of chip used in Nintendo's video game cartridge, which contains the game software. However, this term is commonly used on many gaming sites on the internet and refers to game data that was copied from an authentic video game cartridge of Nintendo. Right. They're basically saying the term has become used interchangeably with illegal copies of their read-only memory that is programmed into their like Velcro. products. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't know. What does that mean? Before I say exactly, <laughs> I I hate when I confuse the listeners by blowing you off. What What is? What do you mean? Read-only memory was used in you know it was the chip for their cartridge, but now it's used everywhere. 
uh, referring to the game information. <laughs> so you just repeated <laughs> what it says. It's so, getting ripped off like Velcro. You know, I just realized during this episode cool. that ROM, that CD ROM is just ROM on a CD. Oh, I did not realize that, actually. <laughs> I didn't either until you I said it. That together. Um, hold on. Austin, oh, no. this is why it's so often that people write me confused. So you said rip it off like Velcro, and that was a bad <laughs> pun. That is fine. I'm a, I'm a, you're allowed to make puns, and we all love it. But unfortunately, I looked at what you said as Velcro, because Velcro just released an awesome video. I recommend you all watching yeah. it. Their legal department is begging the public to stop calling all adhesive stri- or uh, hook and loop, hook and loop, hook and yeah. loop. It says, this is a hook. This, this is, is a loop. It's a sing-along video. Right. It's I honestly go stop listening to this podcast right now. Delete it. Re- just never <laughs> listen to Robot Retract any reviews. Listen and to the Velcro video on loop. On YouTube. But, and watch it on YouTube because it's fun because they're all having a good time. But anyway, that's a trademark issue and not this. So we'll continue on. <laughs> uh, so what is an emulator as defined by Nintendo? A Nintendo emulator is a software program. That is designed to allow gameplay on a platform that it was not created for. You don't have and to continue. That's a really that's it. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. It's a program that that allows you to play software on a device it's not supposed to be. And even further, talking about the fair use arguments of before, exclusivity in video games is an insanely important thing. When a game gets ported to PC, there's a lot of negotiations behind that. So saying like, oh well, it's not on the computer, so they're not losing a sale ridiculous argument doesn't work at all it's it's absolutely uh a huge part of all of this as to where you can play this software you're being Uh, ridiculous you're being ridiculous can i download a nintendo rom from the internet if i already own the authentic game all right before reading this i assume that the answer is no there is a good deal of misinformation on the internet oh all right there's misinformation on the internet i thought it was all just wikipedia and accurate 100 percent true regarding the backup slash archival copy exception that is the exception that they're referencing that i kind of layman's termed up before but that's that's basically saying there is a backup archival copy exception that works for some things usually in music that says if you own the product in one version you're allowed to make a copy of it elsewhere in another version that is continue i'll let nintendo continue i wonder if that's why it's easy to Burn CDs, but not burn a video game CD. Continue, Austin. It is not a second copy rule and is often mistakenly cited for the proposition that if you have one lawful copy of a copyrighted work, you are entitled to have a second copy of the copyrighted work, even if that second copy is an infringing copy. The backup archival copy exception is a very narrow limitation relating to a copy being made by the rightful owner of an authentic game to ensure he or she has won in the event of damage or destruction of the authentic. Therefore, whether you have an authentic game or not, or whether you have possession of a Nintendo ROM for a limited amount of time, i.e. 24 hours, it is illegal to download and play a Nintendo ROM from the internet. So, yes... You cannot do this. Or just no, you cannot do this. Nintendo doesn't... That last part was Austin rambling. But yes, agreed. (laughs) Uh, I agree with Nintendo here on on the legal analysis of what the backup archival copy exception means. It is not second copy, quote-unquote, rule. So how does Nintendo feel about the emergence of video game emulators? Bad. Not good. Not a fan. 
Such emulators have the potential to significantly damage a worldwide entertainment software industry, which generates over 15 billion annually and tens of thousands of jobs. You skipped you the think- most important line. They said the introduction of emulators created to play illegally copied Nintendo software represents the greatest threat to date to the intellectual property rights of video game it's developers. It's a menace. The greatest threat to date. It's, yeah. I mean, a little over the top on that one, but fair enough. Uh, so what does Nintendo think of the argument that emulators are actually good for Nintendo because it promotes the Nintendo brand to PC users and leads to more sales? They are writing this out because this is a very, very, very common argument that we see. There's no basis in law or reality on this one, but we will let Nintendo answer. Well, okay. So what do you think Nintendo's mood is when they're, when they're giving this message? Cause I want to make sure that it's sassy. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Distribution of an emulator developed to play illegally copied Nintendo software hurts Nintendo's goodwill. The millions of dollars invested in research and development and marketing by Nintendo and its licenses. That's literally the intro and a complaint. I promise you. (laughs) Right. They copied that from the lawsuit. (laughs) Substantial damages are caused to Nintendo and its licensees. It is irrelevant whether or not someone profits from the distribution of an emulator. The emulator promotes the illegal ROMs, not authentic games. Thus, not only does it not lead to more sales, you silly billy, it has the opposite (laughs) effect and purpose. So in that one paragraph, they've gone over every argument we've basically said. It doesn't matter if it's free. It absolutely does not help sales or promotion. Nintendo doesn't need your emulator for marketing. And uh, the distribution of an emulator developed to play illegally copied Nintendo software hurts Nintendo's goodwill. A lot of people laugh at that, even when I talk about it in the context of counterfeits, that goodwill is damaged. I mean, people laugh at me, but there is a significant amount of money and time put into creating that goodwill, especially for a company like Nintendo. So That's explain- right. If I bought my nephew Chewbacca on the street and it's illegal, but I give it to my nephew and then Chewbacca breaks because it's just hodgepodge <laughs> and not quality made, then... Then my Nintendo was gonna. My, what kind my, of Chewbacca? My, what are you saying? My, <laughs> then my nephew is gonna lose. Is gonna lose faith in Chewbacca. <laughs> I was gonna have Ali explain that further, but I think Austin nailed it. Enough said. If you, if you buy Disney. a Wookiee and it falls apart, I'll never buy. I'll never be able to trust that Wookiee again. I'll never be able to trust that person or that company that made that Wookiee. And, you know, my nephew is gonna think that it was Disney that made that Wookiee, and they're gonna say Disney has. You're a broken person. (laughs) Do you even have a nephew? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a Wookiee? No. Wait, yes. Well, anyway. I have a Wookiee life debt. No, but really, so getting it, Ali's right. This is always laughed at by the internet. Like, oh, Nintendo's goodwill's hurt by me running an emulator. Wow. Yeah, it is. Because the reason we all know and love Nintendo is because they're very careful with what products get released and what don't. And if you play Aladdin on a crappy ROM and it, it just keeps breaking or it's not as good and it destroys that nostalgia of how you used to play it on SNES, that's not good for Nintendo. And, and that's right. That kind of stuff imagine, happens all the time. Imagine someone broke into that warehouse where Blizzard keeps all those old Warcraft Adventures CDs and distributed Warcraft Adventures online where you play a young thrall in a side-scrolling adventure that was not good enough for them to distribute. No, I can't imagine. You look like I... Peter Griffin, but you are Peter Griffin. You are a walking family guy. Like, we say something and you do a cutaway that is irrelevant and makes no sense. <laughs> You think that that's bad? What about my <laughs> Warcraft my warehouse? Anyway, people would see that terrible Warcraft Adventures game and think that Blizzard's quality had dropped through the floor. Thank you for finishing your thought. 
Or uh, Star Trek. The only Ghost. relevant portion of that. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, that you're absolutely right. So Nintendo. So why on. doesn't Nintendo take steps towards legitimizing Nintendo uh, Nintendo emulators? Why don't they? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because emulators developed to play illegally copied Nintendo software promotes piracy. So why would they do that? Why would they? I don't understand. I know, Allie. That's like asking why doesn't Nintendo legitimize piracy? It doesn't make any <laughs> business sense. It's that simple and not open to debate, according to Nintendo's website, is what I'm reading from. Yeah, listen, we're not being Team Nintendo here, but the, and the reason we chose Nintendo is they're certainly the harshest on this stuff, but legally, again, I. I would say they're more right than not. And uh and for like this is this is fantastic. Like the like the previous statement that they made about like addressing why isn't it good for business because it promotes the brand and you know now they're addressing why don't they take steps towards legitimizing emulators? It's because this stuff has come up so frequently online they're actually addressing it on their website which is crazy. if you saw how many emails we get about it i can't imagine how many nintendo gets about it and if they're suing thousands of people every year uh, just imagine how often this argument comes up that they i mean they at this point they probably just copy and paste this and send it to a judge uh who doesn't just understand what an emulator is <laughs> yeah but it, so in all seriousness it's, it's a rampant problem obviously but how bad do i want pokemon on my computer or my cell phone or whatever i'm playing really pokemon bad. go again just to to get a fix but the reality you is, you always want what you can't have, Ryan. But that's why when it comes out, they're going to make a billion dollars. Need. If it just, if I could just go play Pokemon wherever and whenever I wanted, it's it cheapens the value immensely of when Nintendo actually releases a product. Uh, and when it does come out on a mobile phone or when it does come out on a computer, it will, you know, Nintendo will never have to release a game again. Yeah. It's, it's not nearly as cool if you can get it whenever you want, however you right. want. Right. I can go download a ROM, and I don't want to because it's like, nah. You know, well, it, it requires that extra effort, whereas you can just install Pokemon Go and get the get the lesser experience. No, I'm kidding. I downloaded Pokemon Blue on my iPhone like a, six months ago. It was sick. <laughs> uh, emulators for life, bro. Are we keeping that? Are we cutting that? Yeah, you can keep it. Okay. I'm, you want I'm, people to know that? I don't care. Oh no. He keeps okay. telling me I have some secret Pokemon in my in my backyard or something. <laughs> There's a Pokestop in, in her residential area. Oh, you got a Pokestop in your area? That and means she takes it for granted. She could be sitting there and swiping all day. That's what my day. dog's barking at. Yeah. Get all <laughs> them the little Pokeballs and them Pikachus, they flying out of that Pokestop. So isn't it okay to download Nintendo ROMs for games that are no longer distributed in the stores or commercially exploited? Aren't they considered public domain what's the problem the problem (laughs) is that it's illegal copyrights and trademarks of games are corporate assets if these vintage titles are available far and wide it undermines the value of this intellectual property and adversely affects the right owner in addition the assumption that the games involved are vintage or nostalgia games is incorrect nintendo is famous for bringing back to life its popular characters for its newer systems For example, Mario and Donkey Kong have enjoyed their adventures on all Nintendo platforms, going (laughs) to our latest hardware platforms. So Austin read the wrong answer to the question. I, I, but he's still right. But that is also true. The nostalgia argument of like, hey, I missed that game. When's it coming back? Nintendo's answer is like, it might, and you shut up. You wait for it. Otherwise, (laughs) go buy a Super Nintendo off eBay. And, And in terms of the public domain. That doesn't matter either. The current availability of a game in stores is irrelevant to its copyright status. Ali almost passed out when I read that, so we won't put her through the full answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but haven't the copyright for old games expired? 
United States copyright laws state that copyrights owned by corporations are valid for 75 years from the date of first publication. Because video games have been around for less than three decades, the copyrights of all video games will not expire for many decades to come. That's so sassy. You yeah. know that, right? <laughs> yeah. And, but listen, they're right. Uh, if it's an individual who put out these games, they, they have life of the offer plus 70 years. If it's a corporation in America, they have 75 years. Uh, or copyright. infinite because corporations are people and will live forever. Copyright law. <laughs> interesting. Copyright laws uh, change wildly country to country and, and region to region, but they are not public domain anywhere that I'm aware of. It, and the trademarks exist as well, where, you know, Mario and the word Nintendo are protected. You say Mario? Mario? It's Mario. It's a me, Mario. And I say Mario. It's me, Mario. It's a Mario. It's a me, Mario. It's me, Mario. Mario. I'm walking also, here. I would say, I'm, He's I would a New say York Italian Mario. plumber, no? Hey, look at me. I'm walking here. It's a Is Mario. Is he from Brooklyn or I make that it's up? It's Italian. Like Captain America? Yeah. <laughs> Captain America is from... That's how... That's what, like, when you, when you in comics, when you're reading the comic book, that's how Captain America is speaking. Mario's hey, from Brooklyn. let's go get a bagel and then I'll say... Italian. The He's a Brooklyn Italian. I googled is Mario from Brooklyn and it says in the cartoon episodes Mario and Luigi often make references about their former lives in Brooklyn or lament on how they wish to return home. In the episode Flatbush Koopa a warp pipe leading to Brooklyn <laughs> is discovered and Mario and Luigi have have defeat having defeated King Koopa get to return home and, and finally have some eat. much needed pasta and pizza. Pizza. Yeah, the screw Chicago they're they're getting the pizza museum and it's an abomination to all mankind. Back to Nintendo. <laughs> Ooh, oh, that oh, was Nintendo. Okay, so all right, the next one is quick. Are game copying devices illegal? The answer is yes, and then they elaborate on that. <laughs> In case any of you thought that the answer might be no, still. <laughs> they have they have one last little bit here. Can websites and or internet content providers be held liable for violation of intellectual property rights if they're only providing links to illegal software and or other illegal devices? This is worth talking about too, and I wouldn't have thought about this, but. When I was a Wii Ryan in the early days of AOL, I used, to, I used to take part in these communities of like nefarious, never well doers on, on the internet. <laughs> and well. I remember that we, would ver we were all in a consensus as a group and as a community online that if you didn't host the download, you were okay. You could only link to another download, uh, download page. So we would set it up purposely that way where we would put something on a separate page, link to that page not own that page. It would be through whatever existed back then and angel fire, whatever. And we would, uh, on our own sites and profiles or whatever, not actually have it. And we were so sure that that meant it was okay. How silly I was 13 year old. Does Newgrounds Ryan. still exist? Tisk. Yeah. Does Newgrounds still exist? Of course. I don't know, man. I mean, you remember you used to play video games on that? No. In web browsers. I wasn't cool enough for Newgrounds. Everyone would come in and be like, Oh, did you see that, that head decapitation video on Newgrounds last night? And it I was, was like, animated. I was an E-bombs world loser, though. Oh they had this Burger I, King video. Do you know which one I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, they, I'm sure they had a lot. What was it? It was like, ding, ba da dung. Ding, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know which one I yeah. mean, right? I think Burger King turned that into a real commercial eventually. <laughs> no, I think Family Guy. <laughs> and I want to Oh, yeah. Can it, I have it, an it, apple pie with that? <laughs> <laughs> that that's Family, family Guy. I did that, yeah. Well, they stole <laughs> it from E-bombs world. And I think, and they then, can, I think Family Guy was referencing uh, Burger King there. Or it was and then I did Stick Death. Stick Death was my go-to website when I was a kid. You just watch flash animations of sticks fighting. Oh, so I like Stick Fighter. Okay. Uh, so, can websites or internet and or internet content be held liable? Uh, yes. 
personal websites and or internet content provider sites that link to Nintendo ROMs, Nintendo emulators, and or illegally copying devices can be held liable for copyright and trademark violations, regardless of whether the illegal software and or devices are on their site or whether they are linking to the sites where the illegal items are found. And why is that, Ali? Like, are they promoting counterfeiting and promoting infringement? Is that illegal? No, it's not necessarily the promotion, but they are, they call it third party liability. So essentially, if they're assisting in it and they're allowing it to happen on their platform using their service, they can be liable. There are certain extra hoops you have to run through, like you have to put them on notice, but they're definitely still liable for that too. Oh, it's like you're an accomplice. Like you're standing on the, on like a back alley street corner and you're like, hey, you want to buy some cool watches? They're, uh, they're right down this alley. And then in fact, there are no cool watches down there. They're just people are going to beat you up and steal your wallet. Stop saying my name. We're going <laughs> to, Allie. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, that's really the end of it. I, I really, I know how many angry messages I'm going to get about this. I'm sorry, guys. I love you all. I love the emulator and ROM community. There are a few people more passionate than you guys. You know, I've done interviews in the past and I, I do care about this stuff and I wish there was a better answer. But as it stands right now, this is kind of where we're at. Nintendo's answers are the harshest possible answers, but they're not wrong. And that's the reality. You have to understand. And they are litigious. And they are litigious, as are most companies. With that said, I love you all. And I think uh, that'll do it this week. Wait, wait, wait. Does Allie love you all? Allie, do you love them all? I love you so much. That, so that, that, much that, did that not I'm sound sarcastic. so hungry and I want to go get lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's for uh, lunch? Yeah, what are, what are we getting? I don't know. I got to go. Oh, my mom and dad are in town. Dish for the parents. That but... means a steak dinner. <laughs> no, it means McDonald's. Um, these. <laughs> but all right, I, as always, am Ryan Morrison. You can follow me at Mr. Ryan Morrison on Twitter. I'm going to go third. <laughs> at Allie Rothman, that's A-L-I-R-O-T-H-M-A-N. You can find me on Twitter at Robot Austin, and you can find the show on Twitter at Robot Congress. Wait, Robot underscore Congress. We've been doing this for three years almost. <laughs> also, rate us five stars on iTunes or just don't rate us. Five stars only. And keep letting us know what you want to hear. Yeah, we set up uh, robotcongresspodcast at gmail.com. We've opened the DMs and we've gotten interesting messages to say the least so far, but keep them coming with episode ideas or feedback or anything else. Quote, unquote, interesting. And love you all. Good night. Bye. You need better good nights. Good night. Yes. That was a headgum podcast. And thought. Allie, hold on, hold on. Allie's going to go pee. This is when we had the best outseeing leader. Yeah, and sh- but you can sing because she's bringing her phone. It was on a cold and stormy night. The snow was on the ground. A sailor boy stood on the quay. His ship was outward bound. His sweetheart standing by his side had many a silent tear. And as he pressed her to his heart, he whispered in her ear. Keep going. Farewell, farewell, my own true love. This parting gives me pain. 
I'll be your own true guiding light when I return again. My thoughts shall be of you, of you, when the storm is riding high. Farewell, Ali's my back. love. That's enough. Remember, I hate I'm this. your faithful sailor boy. It was in that gale <laughs> that <laughs> ship set while you were paying. He kissed his love goodbye. She watched their craft till out of sight. You literally just serenaded a woman while she peed also. How does that make you feel? Never bringing my phone again. Awesome. That's enough. Hey, we have calls. I'm serious. Let's go and record. Those loving parting words that night re-echoed in her ear. You can't laugh at yourself. <laughs> it does. <dude. laughs> no one else will. Uh...